welcome back to Views Podcast. I'm Bree. And I'm Katie. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Views. This week we are back with another edition of Mental Health Mondays because as we've said before, Mondays are hard. So this is our way of taking a break from reality to talk about how you can handle and manage the rest of your week and let you know that everyone struggles and everyone has hard times. Today on our Mental Health Monday sub-series, we're going to be raising awareness for ADHD. Before we jump into that, we want to do some recs and life updates. What yeah. about you, Bree? I mean, not a whole lot's going on. Um, since we posted our last episode, uh, work's getting crazy, as in all of my coworkers are quitting. <laughs> Jumping ship. Jumping ship. So I am picking up picking up that dead weight so that is crazy i'll be working over probably 55 hour weeks until christmas so can't wait for that i mean Um, you've always been a hard working woman so yeah but it's not ideal that's it for me complaining (laughs) (laughs) next um no not much for me either um today we went did our first round of fall shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, super excited. We're like currently decorating the apartment. Um, I feel very excited about that. Um, we've been going to the gym a lot more. I mean, getting in a little routine. And um, like Bree said, she's been working a lot. Um, so have I. We're really just working a lot with me picking up extra shifts with Bree, doing her thing at work, picking up that slack, and me going away for drill and stuff like that. Um, we just don't get a lot of time to see each other, but no, we get to we, see each other like five hours a week. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're making it count. Last night we we went on a little date night and it was really fun. So yeah, in case you guys didn't know, Katie and I are dating. Yes, we are. We just re- well, we, well, we've known each other for six months, but we just reached our two month anniversary a couple days ago, and we both forgot it. Yeah, so <laughs> we did. That, that's how crazy that's meant to be. If I've ever seen it, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's it for this little segment of the runaway kitty. Oh my goodness. Oh, we need to talk about that real quick. Blue ran away for three days while I was at drill. What last weekend? Mm -hmm. That was so scary for us. I like literally posted on Facebook. We had made flyers to print out. She's at drill. I'd probably been outside like over those three days, like just walking up and down our entire complex. I walked through like some really like the you put in some hours, girl, and some the woods, and turns out he was on like the opposite side of where I was <laughs> yeah. looking. So yeah, it just I think it just took us going out together once and just asking people, and we found this nice lady, and she was like, "Yeah, cats hang out behind our house, you know." And there's some tall brush back there. We and said, um, can we look? Can we look? And she was like, "Sure." And uh, we exchanged info and everything, but uh, long story short, we went back there, and literally we called his name once, and he was like, meow. he was like, oh, there's my parents. <laughs> so that was that was fun. He had a little adventure. Um, we were worried about him not having food, but uh, the lady said that she leaves out food over there. Maybe that's why he. Yeah, he seemed fine. He seemed. You know, he didn't yeah. come running or anything, and I think you really like the really, outside. But yeah, oh, he does. My 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 cats are definitely an inside and outside cats. They currently are meowing because they want to go outside. But um, we're gonna get some geo collars for them so they can go outside and yes. not scare the living crap out of us for mm-hmm. three days. But yeah, so that's that. Oh, and then the last and perhaps biggest update of all, we 
bought and learned how to play Scrabble. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was probably the most fun game that I've played in a very long time. It was harder than I thought it would be. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I think that's about it. Should we get into our topic? Yeah, I would love to. Where Let's talk about begin? ADHD. ADHD. Bri, do you want to um, roll into the history of? Sure. Sure. ADHD. Here we go. So ADHD was, um, you know, according to the research I've done, was first mentioned in 1902 by a British pediatrician named Sir George Still. Okay. So he described this as a, quote, abnormal defect of moral control in children. So basically, in other words, he saw that some kids, you know, were able to control their behavior and some kids were not. And so that was kind of the first notice or the first mention of ADHD. So APA has, you know, their Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders, right? DSM. Their first edition was released in 1952. ADHD was not listed um, in this edition. So the second edition was published in 1968. They did include something. They called it Hyperkinetic Impulsive Disorder. So basically that's the oldest and first um, quote unquote official terminology for ADHD and what that was. First realization that this was a thing. Yes. In the um, community. The third edition came out in 1980, changing. And since, you know, between those two years, what well, what did I just say? Between... Uh, 52 and 68. 68. So between 1968 and 1980, the definition for that hyperkinetic impulse disorder kind of evolved and then changed to what all of us have heard before of attention deficit disorder. And so this was... Because hyperactivity wasn't necessarily seen as a common symptom of this disorder. So they kind of took that part out, mm-hmm. the hyperactivity part out. So you're saying, Brie, that what we all know as ADD is now ADHD. Yes. It evolved from that first mention in 1902 up until now. It The definition kept changing and evolving. So finally, a revised version of the third edition that was released in 1987... Um, they removed the hyperactivity distinction. So there was like ADD with hyperactivity and without, right? So they then removed that distinction in 1987 and changed the name to Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder or what we know today as ADHD. Um, And they combined this rather than seeing it as distinguished by hyperactivity they have like three main symptoms that they go by inattentiveness impulsivity and hyperactivity so it's just an evolved definition from 1902 to what we see today and that's a very very brief history of scientifically the terminology and recognition of adhd yeah Alrighty. um so we're gonna go into some background now um, and basically a rough definition of what ADHD is to kind of describe what we'll be talking about um, today. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is called ADHD. Um, it is a chronic condition including attention difficulty, hyperactivity, and impulsiveness. Well, so with ADHD, it usually begins in childhood and it just kind of grows with you into adulthood. Um, A lot of things could happen, you know, as you do that transition. Um, Your ADHD doesn't go away. You kind of just 
morph yourself into dealing with it in a way. Um, you evolve with it as you grow older. Um, it may uh, contribute to low self-esteem, troubled relationships, um, difficulty at work or school, and just any type of relationship that you um, come you know, come in contact with. Um, like I said, it goes from your um, childhood to adulthood. So you can um, deal with symptoms with when you're a kid to your parents and when you become a parent from being a parent to um, your kids. So etc. you just mentioned symptoms. How, how do you know if you have ADHD? What does that look like? Or I guess, does that look different in children and adults? And if so, what are the differences? Like, I guess we can talk about symptoms in children first. Um, so yeah, that, that's a big one, um, with symptoms, especially, um, with symptoms, it's crazy because, um, children and adults have different symptoms. They kind of look um, and present themselves differently um, as you're, you know, as you grow older, as well as different and um, different symptoms with boys and girls. So diving deeper into those symptoms, these symptoms as they manifest in children are divided into three different categories, which I kind of briefly mentioned before when I was talking about history, um, inattention, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. So inattention is typically associated with girls. And hyperactivity and impulsivity is mostly recognized in boys. Although symptoms in girls or boys can manifest differently for either one. So you're saying ADHD in girls can be seen as hyperactivity and impulsivity or and in boys can be seen as inattention. It's yes, not a exactly. strict, it's just a bit of a trend. Yes. Okay. It's just, you know, girls mostly have or struggle with inattention and boys mostly struggle with hyperactivity and impulsivity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, um, if a girl has something different or a boy has inattention, it's less likely to be noticed or, or recognized. recognized. Or yes. Okay. So if we wanted to get deeper into these symptoms or what that inattention category looks like, um, in children, you could see kids who are easily distracted um, they may fail to follow through on instructions, schoolwork, chores, work assignments, etc. They could have difficulty organizing tasks and activities. They could lose a lot of things and be fairly forgetful in daily activity. And those are just a few of the broad ways that you might see inattention manifest in a child with ADHD. With hyperactivity and impulsivity, which is mostly in boys but not limited to, um, those symptoms look like fidgeting. They can't really stay still in their seat for a long period of time. You know, lectures wouldn't be good for them, I guess. Goes, you know, gets up to go to the restroom or gets up to sharpen their pencil, something that is an excuse to not stay in their seat. Um, they either interrupt or intrudes on others, raises their hand when it's not the best time to, or, you know, talks while the teacher is talking to answer a question early, um, runs or climbs where it's inappropriate, like on a playground, I guess they would run or climb on something that isn't for running or climbing, um, obviously with, um, 
school again um, in the classroom setting, they would be unable to participate in like leisure activities. So if they're just like, okay, uh, you know, class, read your book for 15 minutes, they wouldn't be able to just do that. Like mm-hmm. anything or like, like sit or, still and watch this movie in silence. Yes, yes. Not something that they would be able to do. You would really know it, this kid would stand out. So something I'm kind of curious about is I know that I didn't necessarily stand out in those ways whatsoever, but I do see some of these symptoms and I can definitely recognize some of those within myself, but I, I don't think I have ADHD. So I guess my question is, if how do they distinguish between someone who who's just forgetful or someone who is forgetful because it's a symptom of ADHD? Do you know anything about that process? That's mainly up for a psychiatrist to decide, but there are some questions you can kind of ask yourself. What are the specific symptoms? When do they present? Do they occur in different situations or the same one? Um, and how long do these symptoms typically last? And does it really interfere with his or her routine? Does it interfere with your routine? So essentially, like any other mental health uh, disorder, if you want to call it that, the diagnosis of ADHD is definitely not black and white. Um, I think that if someone stands out at all, I think that they should go get tested. Like I said, it may not be ADHD. It may be something else. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that interferes with your daily life, that's something that you should definitely look into because um, you shouldn't have to go through battles every day. It, yeah. It should be typically easy to just do mainly main functions. Yeah. And the research that I did, I noticed that ADHD or symptoms of ADHD can be or people who maybe have been diagnosed with ADHD, these symptoms actually could be something else. And like a lot of the diagnoses get confused with different things. So like maybe some symptoms that are ADHD, ADHD symptoms could also be oppositional defiant disorder, ODD symptoms, intermittent explosive disorder, specific learning disorder, autism spectrum disorder, any other kind of intellectual disability. A lot of these things are, they go hand in hand. Um, a lot of these symptoms, so it's not necessarily an easy thing, but like you said, I think if you feel yourself standing out or if maybe you kind of struggle in any way, or you notice this in maybe your child or someone else close to you, it's definitely not a bad idea to go find a way to make their lives or your life easier. Yeah. Um, speaking from someone who did have a rough, um, childhood when it comes to, with school and stuff like that, I wish that, you know, I would have gone to get tested or, you know, my parents would have brought me to a specialist to kind of see what was going on. Because now as an adult, these obviously, um, as I grew, the symptoms manifested differently, but now I can kind of go get help and realize that something's not right. You know, grasping things and retaining information is a lot different than everyone else you know everyone else is you know making better grades than than I am and I'm even studying more or as much as they are so um yeah I I feel like if your kid's struggling or you're struggling just just go get help it's never a bad thing to get help it's actually a sign of uh, strength to do that for yourself I think we've gone over enough and covered, you know, some of the symptoms and what ADHD looks like in children. Um, But you mentioned earlier that if you do have ADHD, it's not something that just goes away, but rather evolves um, in the stages from child to adulthood. So I I guess what does ADHD look like in adults? Yeah, um, 
like we noticed before, you know, the symptoms are different and manifest differently as you grow older. Symptoms in adults look like underachieving at work or education, not being able to like remember the things you're supposed to. Driving dangerously is a big one. Um, that could also be road rage. <laughs> difficulty making or keeping friends. Difficulty in relationships with partners. ADHD is hereditary. So a lot of the times studies show that adults will not recognize they have those symptoms until they have the link with their children. Kind of want to roll into um, specifically talking about ADHD in women and how little research that there is for that topic. Recently, um, they just started kind of diving um, deeper into specifically studying ADHD in women because in the past, they've just really only related symptoms with women to studies of men. So now they're kind of like trying to specifically focus on um, women with ADHD and go off that research. With women, um, they're a lot more prone to eating disorders, obesity, low self-esteem, depression, and anxiety. So the women with those um, certain symptoms of um, depression and eating disorders and anxiety and stress. Um, the reason why they feel these things is because they feel like a failure. You know, it's hard when you have a lot of these things weighing you down. It makes everyday life feel a lot more um, hard to, to handle, especially if, you know, if you have kids. You know, you have to do, as a woman, you're expected to do 100 things at the same time. And if, you know, with ADHD, it's hard to remember things. So, like, um, you got to take your kid to soccer practice, but then you got to take your kid to baseball practice. And your son has baseball practice, but your, your, um, your daughter has softball practice. And then you also got to go check the mail and this and that. And the dog's got to be fed. And... Um, you got to make dinner and then, you know, this and that. And um, your husband's going to get home late or your wife's going to get home late because um, they have a, you know, a dinner with their boss or something. And um, for me specifically, as an adult female, it's hard for me to remember things. So I, I take a little a notepad or a calendar like we have on the wall here and I write everything down. So just in case I, I don't remember that. It, it's harder for me to, or it's easier, excuse me, for me to to go about my daily task and not have to worry. Like, it eases my stress and my anxiety knowing that I have those things written down. But at the same time, it's hard for me, a little bit harder for me because of my lack of memory. Um, it's hard because, you know, Bree here um, can remember a lot of things a little bit better, but I had to have extra measures to, to remember things. So that's another thing that kind of gets me down sometimes is like, man, like, why can't I just remember that? So in, in, that, um, in that sense, I have a quote for you and um, on ADHD, and it, um, it goes like this. It's like they're running life's race with lead weights on their ankles. And that was by um, a psychologist who did a specific study on women. And like it says, it's like lead weights on your ankles. It's really like that. It's like, uh, like I said, I mentioned before, it, it feels like um, you have to work twice as hard. And 
you know, well, this podcast obviously is very feminist. And for us women in general, it's like we have to work harder already, 10 times harder to be at the same level as a male would be. So you can kind of like picture that. I put that more in um, a uh, a little box for you to kind of look at and and imagine that in a different way. And um, yeah, so. Well, you, you sit here and you kind of like chiming in and talking briefly, like throwing in little blurbs about your personal experience, but to give a little perspective to our listeners, I don't think they they realize your um, closeness to this topic. We're obviously both very passionate and interested in ADHD. I grew up with someone very close to me, um, watching them, you know, and their ADHD diagnosis and watching them go through school and everything they went through. What's your relationship to ADHD? And, you know, how has that kind of manifested more so recently into some realizations for you? Yeah, um, so... Recently, I guess, as I've gotten older and specifically in the past few months, um, I have really done kind of started digging deeper on looking at symptoms and ways that I could figure out if that's something that I had so I could learn how to combat and struggle and um, help my struggles with, you know, daily activities and especially with school. You know, I, I... I want to get back into school. And I know when I was in school, it was a lot harder for me than a lot of my peers. So I kind of just dove in and started studying it. And um, I, you know, I learned to, I talked to a psychiatrist and they were telling me that I have a lot of symptoms of this. And they referred me to um, someone more local and I'm um, very excited to go in and see. I have not actually been diagnosed myself, but um, this my psychiatrist that I spoke with told me that um, I do have a lot of those symptoms, and she said that um, it is very likely that I do have this um, condition. So I'm excited to, like I said, I'm excited to dive in and get into that. But I, uh, you know, with me kind of finding out that and having that realization. Um, I wanted to spread awareness um, for anyone else that, you know, struggles with the same thing I do. Um, Because with females, we have different hormonal influences to start with. And that, you know, greatly affects our behavior. Whereas, you know, males, they have different hormones and stuff like that. So it's um, it manifests differently. So you're 24 years old. Yes, I am. You went through school, you know, you went to EMS school, you did all the stuff. and you were never diagnosed, you probably weren't ever even suspicious until pretty recently. So what would a diagnosis mean to you to go to, to, to go to that psychiatrist that you were referred to and you sat down with them and they officially gave you the diagnosis? What would that do? Would that ease your mind? Would it? Yeah, um, I think it would ease my mind. Um, I'm not really a big fan of medication just because it just really only fit my personality. But I don't think with ADHD, that's something that you can kind of prevent or control in a way. Um, I think it would ease my mind a lot. Um, I want to get maybe get on a medication that can help me, you know, stay focused and, you know, help me remember notes or facts or something. I think that would help me out a lot. You know, even with my job 
um, as an EMT, remembering vitals and stuff like that from the hospital, that, that comes in handy. And for me, I have to write all that stuff down. And in the moment, you don't always either I forget to write it down or, you know, I retain it. But then when I get back to my ambulance, it's hard to remember those things. So it's crazy. It really is crazy. But um, so ultimately, if you went, you got that diagnosis, you'd be able to get help, perhaps medication even or not medication, but other ways um, to help you live with ADHD. So in a way you're you're getting help. There's obviously no cure, but also probably it would help a lot to finally have an explanation to like reflect on like your childhood and school and how hard things were for you. Yeah. And be like, find like it's it. Like, it's not my fault kind of thing. Yeah, and, you know, I really do wish that um, I would have been tested earlier. I think that would, you know, my life my life would look a lot different, although I'm, I'm grateful for the life that I have. Um, it's It would definitely help out, especially for, you know, people with ADHD in the school setting and, you know, in social setting as, as well. Um, I think that um, medication specifically once I get, of course, on the right medication that fits me and fits my life, I think that I would be able to feel a lot more secure in my studies, my work life, um, my personal relationships, um, et cetera. And I think it would help me feel a lot more confident in myself and um, my life in general. I think it'd be like after watching you go through this these last few months, I think it'd be like a huge weight lifted off your shoulders. Um something like very positive for you you did mention that you're not a big medication person like it's not Mm -hmm. part of your personality yeah so if you decided not to forego pursuing medication um as treatment for adhd what are some potentially other options do you know of anything else that would help with that or things outside of medication that would help people with adhd Ways outside of medication look like um, different types of therapy with um, those subcategories being psychoeducation, behavior therapy, parent training and education programs. Um, that's those are things you can kind of go with with um, your family and uh, social skills training. Other things look like um, support groups, um, anger management and just furthering education on the condition of ADHD, really you know, surrounding yourself with people who actively recognize it and um, accept that. Yeah. I don't mean to circle back on something. And I don't know if we maybe briefly mentioned it earlier, but, you know, we've talked about symptoms. We've talked about your personal experience. And we did say that there's a genetic link that ADHD is, you know, hereditary. But are there any other like causes of ADHD science figured out where that comes from scientifically there is actually a trend in those who are premature have epilepsy or have brain damage pre or post wound and with um, children and teens those with anxiety ODD which is oppositional defiant disorder those with depression sleep disorders autism um, Tourette syndrome or dyslexia and in adults that looks like personality disorders, bipolar, or OCD. So there's no necessarily any known causes of ADHD, but it does trend in certain groups of people over others. Yeah, exactly. And there are also a lot of links to other mental disorders as well. So ADHD is a lot of times not just alone. 
in and of itself with us with somebody a yeah. lot of times. I mean, of course it can be alone, but you're right, it, it manifests itself um, in all different types of people, those without any mental disorders or any other mental disorders, and with those like bipolar and um, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. and OCD, those of that, that nature that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. So I guess really all that's left to do in this episode is, you know, tell people how they can ask for help. And one of those ways would be um, there are a lot of online therapy platforms you can, you know, pursue and do research on, find one that works for you. Or you can go speak to your local psychiatrist who specializes in ADHD. Perhaps to get diagnosed. And then if if you're not ready to take those steps yet, because those are big and scary things, nothing else confide in someone who's close to you or find someone maybe you can relate to find somebody you trust that you can express these concerns with or these experiences with and if nothing else they can you know be a shoulder to cry on it lend you an ear to listen to and then hopefully you you know will reach a point where you're ready to go ask for professional help yes and um like we said, we're all at different stages of acceptance or um, have different interests in, you know, your mental health. And that is okay if you don't have that interest at this point or if it doesn't bother you to a point where it affects your daily life. And if you get nothing else from this episode, whether that be information you didn't know before, maybe tips, tips and tricks, or maybe you knew everything already that we've talked about in this episode, if nothing else, we want you to pull the fact that if you have ADHD, you are not alone. It is so extremely common, and there are so many extremely successful people out there with ADHD. It is not something that you cannot overcome. Not saying it's easy. I can't speak to it personally, but I did see it. And I'm not going to sit here and downplay the difficulties of ADHD, but I will say that I've seen the successes and I've seen this be a manageable condition to the people who are closest to me who do have it. And like Bree said, um, there are thousands of people who live with ADHD. Um, I don't have a percentage on how many people live with ADHD, obviously, because like research says, there's so many people, especially women, who are undiagnosed. But if all else fails, you can always contact us at ourviewspodcast at gmail.com or on our Instagram at podcastviews. There we go. There you have it, guys. Um, that's our episode on ADHD with our sub-series of Mental Health Monday, and we enjoyed talking to you guys today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. If you like this episode or any of those in the past, subscribe and please share to any platform you have, um, any of your choice. We'd greatly appreciate it. Post this to your Snapchat story. Shoot. Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Twitter. Twitter. Retweet us. Follow us. I don't think we have a Twitter. But follow us on Instagram. Really, any and all of the above social media platforms. But anyway, we'll catch you next time. And remember, you're listening to Views. Views.